Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm still R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about ambition versus contentment, and we'll throw a little blame in there also. Just to spice it up. About the blame. But the and I woke up this morning hearing contentment versus, uh, or ambition versus contentment, and then when I went back to sleep and woke up again, I heard to talk about blame. So that's why we're going to do both at the same time. Yeah, but sense. contentment versus ambition, we'll start there. Mm -hmm. Ambition is actually a very stressful place to be in, uh, to be ambitious, because I think a lot of people feel that if I'm not going after all I can go after, that I'm not getting, uh, I'm not getting my share out there in the world, or that I'm messing up, or that uh, I, I'm not taking care of my family properly. And so ambition leads us down paths that we may not even wish to go down at all. And it's very stressful. So let's say you have all this information that could be written in many tomes of books, but you don't really feel that that's for you to do, but ambition makes you feel guilty about not doing things you don't want to do. So ambition is a very stressful state of consciousness. Ambition is a cruel master. It is. It yeah. truly is. And it's not. It's a state of fiction also mm -hmm. because uh, it is contrary to the flow, and that's a very big tell when it's contrary to the flow. Mm -hmm. So the object then would be to be ambitious, which is our nature, but with um, have ambition without being ambitious which you do by disconnecting, and that's what nobody seems to understand, although we explained it um, 376 times on the show so far, where if you desire something, you have to be careful not to attach to the outcome, mm -hmm. because if you attach to the outcome, you play this ridiculous game of tag with whatever it is. And I believe the quote is, um, um, Nemesis plays havoc with resistance. So by attaching yourself to an outcome, you are resisting all other outcomes. Well, yeah, and it's a very limiting subject thing, to, sure. yeah. uh -huh. So uh, to, be, uh, to have ambition, which is a natural state, just like curiosity. Curiosity and ambition are really cousins. You know, what would it be like if I was so successful that would get you to it? So ambition without being ambitious. Well, I feel rather than being pushed by ambition or driven by ambition, it's better to be pulled by love and, exactly. and interest. And mm -hmm. it's the same thing. Why be pushed by fear and, and um, instead of being pulled by love? Yeah. And it's very easy uh, when it's something that's on your path. Absolutely. And, I, and people do work their whole lives to get to this place of serenity. But they, it, it goes back to this little story I heard years ago about this fisherman who worked really, really hard and said, if I work an extra hour a day and catch more fish, I can get enough money to buy a second boat. So he does this. He works and works, gets a second boat. Then he works extra hard, making sure the people that are helping him on the second boat are doing a good job, and then he buys a third boat. And then one day, someone asked him what his aspirations were, and he said, to one day make enough money that he could quit all this and go back to his little boat fishing on the pond. So we have to also start, start looking at what is of value in our life. We've, we've got so fixated on it being money or some status, and it, there's a lot more to it than that. It's, it's, well, a, a it's having freedom, it's our time, it's our peace of mind. 
Well, there's a natural flow in the universe, and it is to ride that flow. And that doesn't, you know, in a particular lifetime, your entire crescendo could have been to find that shell on the beach. Mm -hmm. And with that, because we just really don't have the cognitive power to understand how any of this works. And we are so beaten to death with lack mentality, which happens all the time, you know, that keeps us from, uh, and I've always said this, and I mean it in an extremely funny way, because that's the way I think of it, but if you meet someone who's Buddhist, <coughs> you say, well, then I understand that your ambition is to have no ambition. And there really isn't a comeback to that, so don't, <laughs> don't worry about it. But uh, to be free of the ambition allows you to get whatever it is you're looking for. The Native Americans say if you lost everything you own, you'd be free. That would be a great blessing. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that whole concept. So in um, uh, just, I guess it was late 99 when I decided I would do the first language codes book because I kept repeating it to everyone. And it started as um, one thing on a piece of paper, and I think that was the word need, or it was the word should, whatever it was. Or so it soon became need, try, and should. And then I decided one weekend right, that I would just write the whole book. And I did, I wrote it, and I made 20 manuscript copies of it, and I figured I'd mail them all out. And those were days of great poverty, so I ended up selling the original I sent out two, only two, and lost total interest in anything to do with it. But I sold the others to individuals that came and, uh, and then uh, six months later, I just gone from my mind completely, um, the publisher Wiser's calls and said, well, there's an interesting book. And apparently you didn't finish the middle of it. I go, really? Yeah, you've got this divided <laughs> into three sections. You've got introductions to two of the sections, but not the third. So I said, all right, fine, I'll write the introduction to the third section. And uh, so anyhow, the, they agreed to publish the book, blah, blah, blah. So the non-thinking about it, the, it had just left my mind. It was, not, it was not of interest to me. I was satisfied totally by writing it. Mm -hmm. And because you write it, you have to send it out. But no agent, no anything. Well, there's a satisfaction with that, too. Yeah. You know, it's just one more thing oh, that you yeah, do. Yeah. But it was not, it was complete when I had written it. Mm -hmm. It was done in my thinking. I see what you're saying, and yeah, that's and so that's, powerful. Yeah, and that's the whole, if anybody happens to be looking for a secret, I've got news, there's no such thing. Roger Rabbit said it best, uh, the secret will be revealed when it is at its highest of comic peak, which is misquoted, I know, but nonetheless, that's it. You, it will be revealed when it is the funniest possible moment to have it revealed. <laughs> uh, and that's why everybody listens to comedians, because you cannot tell a lie in the form of a joke. If a comedian says it and you laugh, you've heard the truth. You won't laugh at a lie, which is a very interesting no, I, that's a very good lie point. detector. Yeah. But, but Cheap, too. It's in your head already. Turn the switch. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that, that's so true. And ambition also, the subtext on ambition is that you're not content where you are. And I'll give you an example with companies. When I first entered the business world, people were happy if they could make a certain percentage of profit every year. And then it started turning into, we have to make a certain percentage over the profit from last year. So. There was never an envelope or, or a moment or a number where the company said, we are completely satisfied with the percent of profit 
we will continue to give this good product and service and everybody can stay gainfully employed and we are content. No, it got to the place where everything, everyone is being encouraged to be insatiable. And after a while, there is a critical point where that profit over last year starts turning it into really horrible product and service. And eventually it's going to topple it. It's very similar to how cancer acts in the body. It will eventually cut off the life flow. Eventually you'll lose all your customers. And so people are always trying to find that moment, that, that, that moment that right before it tips and nobody is ever content. And obviously, if you were making 100% profit, something's not right there. there. There are limits to that, and I think it's time to pull back and really say, what is contentment? Am I content in my life, and how can I be? Instead of this blaming something outside of you that's making you not content, whether it's your boss, your coworkers, the lack of money, or, or whatever it is, and it's to say, what if I was content? What if I asked for everything in my life now? And I used to do this as a game. Whenever I felt my life was out of order or there was something missing from it, I would pretend that everything in my life was there because I asked for it. And it was shown to me that way from a past life that I had gone into where I was a woman who by ordinary terms would have been a miserable life, but she uh, was so happy she would just go, oh, uh, th thank you, it's raining, that's just what I asked for. So I would give everyone this, this, um, this game to play. All day tomorrow, everything that comes about, just say, thank you, that's just what I asked for. And anytime anybody does anything, say, thank you for healing me, that's exactly what I was looking for and see how your day goes. Contentment is something you can just choose to do right now. Yeah, satisfaction is something that's uh, oblique to us. It's not on the radar. It's not uh, something available. Uh, so in the earlier coins that are going on, there's the idea of satisfaction breath, and I've explained 412 times that uh, we have within ourselves the ability to be satisfied instantly, known as satisfaction breath. Uh, in the great rise and fall, fall of the tobacco industry, I'm listening for the crash, yeah, there it is. Okay, for the fall of the tobacco industry, um, the tobacco industry stole satisfaction from the human race. Is everybody aware of this? I'm waiting, okay. Uh, it's smoking satisfaction. Ah, no, it is merely the breath. In the um, fun that I've had playing with tobacco, I noticed that, that tobacco, if you do it without the cigarette, you just, <sighs> right? Now that would be cigarette smoke coming out of my mouth, but for the fact that I'm not smoking. Yet, yet, I feel satisfied. You see that just a niggly little thief that walked into our lives? You get that, right? You understand that. Your ability to be satisfied was, um, what is the word, obliterated, something more graphic, by the tobacco company. You can be satisfied at any time <coughs> just by, uh, and that's all well, you have to do. Let's all do it. A, yeah, okay. <coughs> um, um, okay, let's do a satisfaction breath right now, which is to inhale for all you're worth. 
and let go ah. with a pleasure sound. Ah. Do it again. Ah. Ah. And the third time, your life is yours again. Ah. So how many people had a stranger ring the phone to keep you from having that third breath? <laughs> huh? How many? many. <laughs> how many, yeah. How many people heard a noise in the other room? How many people's children said something? How many people could not take their life back? Raise your hand, you guilty little, no wait. Just take the third breath now. Do it privately, do it when nothing disturbs you. By the way, you don't have to answer the phone just because it rang. Now, my next point, you know how they're constantly upgrading everything. And every time you take the upgrade, you're in a foreign landscape. You have to relearn everything. You're with me, yeah? Why is that? Because they pay people to improve things. And the people can't say, this is okay the way it is. I'm satisfied and happy with it the way it is, but you can't say that because you're getting paid to improve it. So instead of improving it, you take exactly what it is and play some kind of massive card shuffle with it, stick it back in the box, and when you turn the thing on again, it's an alien landscape. That is insane. Just, just we have enough in our life. I don't want to have to keep up with uh, whatever creative genius managed to put a button in a different place, <laughs> so now I have to look for it. This well, is insanity. Well, you're right about that. And, yeah. and you know, that was my line of work for a number of years. And I would actually recommend to my employers at times not to do some new thing that had come down because I knew it was going to be years of non-productivity while they upgraded to that. But there is an inherent fear that we get implanted with whenever these uh, quote-unquote improvements, which almost always are not improvements at all, uh, at least uh, in no, a, a lot no of the time, involved. like the the apps on i iTunes. When you upgrade, usually all of a sudden now you have ads. It's not like it's really adding anything, or they detract features from your your thing. But Let go of my it's features. this fear that we're going to miss something. So miss I something. think that what we do is is we get to a place where we don't trust ourselves to be aware of everything. And I would also like to make a distinction between the words satisfied and content because I feel that there are different. Satisfied means that we had an agenda of some sort and we got a satisfaction, meaning we met up, it came full circle, we reached out for this crystal, we picked it up, there's a sense of satisfaction. We uh, started laying this tile, we finished it, we got a sense of satisfaction, it's like a complete completion. Whereas contentment is more of a state of allowing yourself to be in the moment and not resisting anything that's going on, not fighting with anything. And I know they're very similar, but I was thinking that satisfaction has such a place and it's so necessary and so does contentment. So start looking at your life with contentment, which means that everything in it doesn't have some voice behind it. Like every time you get in your car, you don't hear, get the oil changed or uh, put air in that tire, every time you go into the house, pay those bills, do the taxes, where you're completely content with where you are. It's a whole new thing. Yeah, and now it's, with you're, the, it's your, you're entitled to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now with the subject of blame, I, I would like to... Let me like do one more on just before we start on blame. See that? Can we get a close-up of me, anybody? I think everybody, there we go. most okay. people have seen the new iPhone. The thing. new iPhone, right? Okay, it is absolutely and in no way any different than what it was, except it's now the next system up. 
the buttons and are in slightly different And it uses more of your battery, products. and yeah, you have slightly. to look for things. This is a total waste of attention. <laughs> so I'd like to introduce the concept of, and I've said this now a little over 273 times on this show. What's th that would be 274, that's right. So astute. The concept of something being worthy of your attention. There are a lot of things that are not worthy of your attention. Anything that makes you fearful is not worthy of your attention. Any, it's just not, oh, the arrow's coming at me. Well, I'll reincarnate. Yeah, it's really not worth my attention. Somebody got elected, really not worth my attention. You know, all of the nonsense that the government is, we're gonna change the constant, uh, da, da, da. not worthy of my attention. Well, I think it's for each person, yeah, and to say what, what is worthy of their personal attention. Because our attention funds things. That's what people mm -hmm. don't get. If the government can make you frightened or something can make you frightened, then you fund it with your thinking. Whereas if it is, and that is a whole flag in my brain, it is simply not worth my attention because my attention is sacred and where I place it grows and that is just not worthy to be grown. Yeah? It just that's something we could all do is to become aware of what is and is not worthy of attention. No, I agree, I agree. Yeah. I, I mean, we, we say that a lot and I think that uh, it's important to really act that out in your life and not to judge so yourself if your attention gets pulled in a direction or something. And so that's 275 times now. Okay, that's not worthy of my attention now also. I know. Let me move on. See, see how well it works? Uh, well, I'm obviously making a joke, but it really doesn't interest me either, so I'll be honest. Yeah, see, anyway, that's the point. Blame, blame, blame. blame. Uh, don't. Well, I, I feel that blame inherently when you hear somebody blaming someone else and it could even be that someone's in an abusive relationship and that person person A does a lot of mean things to person B and person B may look like they have all this right to complain or to to blame that person for the problems in their life but ultimately if we operate under the principle that any interaction involves two people no matter what it may look like both people are playing a role in it, then blame starts becoming a distracting factor rather than a, sol a problem solver. So blame, inherently, when someone is blaming someone, it means that they're feeling powerless. So you can get into that with, the with them. If they're blaming you for something, you can then say, hmm, let me blame them back and, and get into that. Or you could use the knowledge that they are feeling powerless to disengage. It's like that field of silence that I talk about being around you, that what other people say comes and gets transmuted and lands in your lap as clear information, rather than you having a charge and going back at that. So if you know that someone that's blaming someone is having, uh, a, is feeling powerless, then when people complain, what they are doing is attempting to get other people to climb on the blame train with them. And this is the core essence of what bullying is all about. Someone is feeling powerless. Oftentimes when people see a weakness, they be, start feeling powerless, just like chickens. Do you remember those little glasses they would put on chickens, the red glasses, because when chickens see blood on another chicken, they will peck the chicken to death? And so um, a long time ago, they sold these little glasses that they would pinch over the beak of chickens that was red glass, 
or plastic or whatever, so it made it so that the red got washed out and they didn't see it, and it prevented chickens from pecking each other. Then they came up with this delightful thing of debeaking chickens, but I think the cool little John Lennon glasses were much, much cooler and much kinder. They did enjoy it. But at any rate, the, the blame and the bullying, it starts out as people get afraid when they, it, it, the weaknesses they see in themselves, they project onto other people. And so they blame other people, and then they want to get other people conglomerated around them in a lynch mob. And so they complain, and their complaint then gets other people to be empathetic to the blame. And after a while, you have an angry mob carrying torches, blaming someone. Now, whether we do that at the government or we do that at the, the medical world for what it's doing to us, these 350,000 people a year dying of medical treatment or mistreatment, that doesn't do us any good. The best thing to do is always look for what the source of power in the situation is. Blame is just a distractor. And actually, people in power like people to go ahead and blame because it's a distraction and people aren't doing anything about it then. There's an enormous amount of distracting of the human race, which is really quite comedic. Uh, now, power, paranoia is a feeling of powerlessness. That's really all it is. Paranoia, those who are paranoid, and for the person, actually several of you that just thought, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they aren't after you. Could you please change the channel? Thank you very much. Oh, no, you don't okay. have to. Yes, you do. <laughs> All right, now, paranoia is this idea that you're powerless. Now, I'm, being powerless is not gainly. It's not exciting. It's not vibrant. It's not attractive. It's not charismatic. It's not a lot of things. What it is is asleep. That's what it is. Feeling that you are powerless is absolutely detrimental. And so we as the human race can claim our power. Claiming your power is remembering the simplest thing, which is <clears throat> everything that happens in your life is your idea. That is free will per se and as such. As much as I love God, I have a part of me that thinks of God as a retired CEO. And he retired the moment he thought up free will. And basically it was, you go figure it out. I'm going fishing. <laughs> That's what that is. Now, that explains everything. Everything that happens in your life is your idea. If you will please wake up enough to understand that and to start to live by that, there will never, ever, 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 ever be blame again because you cannot say, this is my idea, it's your fault, right? And we say that every day, don't we? Yeah, yeah, this is my idea, but it's your fault. And that is just insanity per se, loose on the landscape. And it's not worthy of my attention. Mm, yeah. Blame, uh, love you for blaming me. It's a form of leftist, come here, blame me, yes. It was all my fault, you have no responsibility. You didn't build the bomb, you didn't set it off. Whatever that is. And that's uh, humans. As you say, it's amazing we all walk facing forward. Yes, that's true, considering how backward we are as a species. But you know, the first thing that goes on the advanced planets is currency, coin. Yeah, the, the slavery that we all, we all live in, the slavery to money. Uh, well, yeah. It doesn't matter how much you have, you're enslaved to it. Well, have or one don't thing have. that is important, it does look like things are 
you know, running amok. Uh, you hear all this stuff saying that, you know, the end times, which is, people say that all the time. They have since the beginning of time. It's just fun. I think people like to uh, blame something, uh, blame something, you know, and that's the way it is. And I think a lot of the reason behind that is we're taught to unite against things, but rarely are we taught to unite for things. Now, if we unite for things, we are interested in finding solutions and acting out those solutions. Or we can be busy blaming the mysterious, uh, ever-elusive they that is out there that is doing all this. And, and also, if you're blaming something, whether that is this or that, your teacher, your boss, whatever, you are, in effect, sending an engraved certificate saying, you have more power in my life than I do. And just like um, encouraging victimhood in anyone, all you're doing is, is uh, cementing an enslavement of sorts. Now, does that mean you don't talk about things, you don't point out things that are askew? Yes, you do, and then you do something about it. With something interesting passed around on Facebook today where it had a, a big long list of things that you could uh, uh, commit someone to an asylum in West Virginia in the late 1800s. And some of the things on the list were ridiculous. If a woman was deserted by her husband, he could then in, incarcerate her in this mental asylum. And so apparently uh, women would, um, that had money, men would marry them and then get the money and then commit her into the asylum. And there were ridiculous things like uh, feminine hysteria or uterus hysteria and these various things. It was just crazy, uh, just like being uh, hysterical or, or having uh, your period too, too long, things like that. So you could be committed for life in these hospitals. And so when we look now, yeah, you can look out there and see the, the GMOs and the, the vaccines and how many people are killed in hospitals and all that. But I tell you what's different now is we have the ability to spread consciousness in, a, in an entirely different way. We used to have to have Susan B. Anthony and uh, the suffragettes early on that really sacrificed a lot on our behalf as humans. And it's not about male-female, and it's not about race. It's about consciousness. And if we don't lose sight of that, we have infinite power. We have lots yeah. of mediums to raise consciousness, this being one of them. Well, all right, I want you to ask yourself if you want to get behind it and raise consciousness, starting with you, because you That's can't raise somebody else's consciousness for them. Although technically, I suppose this show has done quite a bit, nonetheless. They had to You consent. have to be the one. <laughs> yeah, you, had to, you have to be the one to make you more conscious. And you do that by being less unconscious. Yes, it's that simple. How do I become less unconscious? Well, do you own a crystal? Do you meditate? Uh, it's proactive. You do have to do something to work on yourself. Uh, yoga, that will get you, you become more conscious doing yoga. You really do. There's well, no way around it. And, and just observing where your resistances are and mm -hmm. that ambition that pushes you forward. Ambition is just another word for guilt of not performing well enough. If you really know who you are and where you're content and find your contentment in any moment, but know what you love and what creatively stimulates you, then you, you don't have to rely on ambition. Your creative love will pull you and you'll end up in just the right place, regardless of what that looks like. 
But you mentioned crystals. Do you mind if I tell my Let's crystal do, story? Yeah, please, do your crystal well, stories. I'll tell a real quick thing um, that I've said on the show 942 times. Now, I don't know how many times I've said it, but I have said it a lot, so pardon me if you've heard it before, but it was a dream I had a number of years ago, and I call it my Violet Sea dream, where I was going um, in search of this place called the Violet Sea that was supposed to be some great place, and I went through all these modes of transportation and finally ended up there, and I was floating in this water, and you didn't sink, and, and you didn't even have to tread water. And it was filled with angels, uh, mermaids, dolphins, all kinds of those things. And so I looked around, and I had a fear, and immediately I started looking, and it looked like the water was black. And I said, oh my God, I've been tricked. This is the Black Sea. And this mermaid creature came out with a mason jar, and I know there's symbolism with that, scoops up the water and holds it to the light, and it was a very, very deep purple. And so she said, all, all blackness is is concentrated divinity to shine more light on it. And I used that for my whole life since then, that if it looks really dark, I'm missing something. I have to shine my enlightenment on it, light, um, awareness on it, and then I can see what's really going on. And that, that's how everything is perfect. Anyway, so fast forward to when we were at the expo a uh, couple weeks ago in Ohio, I found this crystal, and this was called a black amethyst. And actually, it's extremely dark. And even Rick uh, remembered my dream when he saw this. So I thought, wow, somebody else did too. And if you get the light, I know it's not m maybe from this direction, but if the light were coming through the other way, it's an extremely dark purple, first of all. I'm going to turn it around a little bit, so I wanted to show that, how beautiful that is. And when the light's on it, you can barely tell, but it's deep purple, just like that dream. Well, I saw it, and of course, I really wanted to have it, so I, I got it. And then we packed it away, and I went back to the motel and went to look for it, and it was completely gone. It was literally gone. We yeah, only had a few bags. We unpacked the van to see if we, we unpacked everything, and Neville watched me, all the bags. I said, look, here's this, here's this. I shook it out. We went home, and part of me, I mean, I, even though you know everything's perfect, part of me was very um, sad to have parted with it so quickly, and it was like that. And so I, I, I realized that I was going into a spiral of not trusting myself. So I, I started doubting my ability to keep track of this. So I wrote an affirmation. It says, I trust myself. I trust myself. So I get home, and I just had this quiet knowing that because I trust myself, I would find it. And I opened a bag that we had been in multiple times, and there it was. So it really vanished or apported to help me to understand that when we uh, feel like we're failing, it's really a matter of not, we're not trusting ourselves. Yeah, not trusting yourself does set off a spiral. It's how um, senility happens. It's mm -hmm. how uh, any disease you want to name happens. It's um, um, the counselor we had, a friend that had a um, Christian scientist cure him of an ailment of mm -hmm. the pancreas. And uh, the guy was amazed because he could keep food down. He was, uh, had become very skeletal. And he asked the guy, well, how did you do that? And the Christian scientist said, I held in my mind the image of you in perfect health. 
and that's how it worked. Yeah, he so, said, I held it for you because you yeah. were not able to at that moment. Yeah, exactly. And that's a very big tell. Mm -hmm. So uh, whatever it is that's the matter in your life, please hold for yourself the image of that not being the matter. And you, this, we live in a constant and ongoing stream of miracles, but the language we speak and the language we've been taught to speak doesn't support any of it. So now for the, I'm going to estimate 50th time, I've said the new book is about writing a language, thinking in a language that supports um, recognizing everything as love. Because until we as the human race bring up our children taught to recognize everything as love, there's no, the, the advanced earth doesn't occur. This is the big cue to it. Now it might, but it would be miraculous intervention. But nonetheless, if you teach the child to recognize everything as love and to speak in a language that, um, so if you get a, a, a sinking feeling in your stomach, what's going on there is your senses have told you that something has happened that you have not recognized as love. Now you know what put that in your stomach like that. You know what did that. Well, whatever that is, it's a form of love. And you can recognize it. It may take a while, but you can recognize it. There's no mistakes, there's no accidents, there's no ill fortune, there's no, none of this is real. Um, next, uh, for Halloween, we're going to do a show on superstition and we can Superstition talk. and fear next week, so join yeah. us. Uh, but uh, now, that is so wonderful, and I think sometimes it's a little difficult for the brain to see it as love, and so for many years, I see it as what's the blessing in it. Yeah. Now, it is love, blessings are love, yeah. but I think sometimes um, that just might be more mathematically logical. Okay, what is the blessing? Then you can start opening up to it. What is the love? Sometimes if it looks like it's particularly non-loving, you can set yourself up for a resistance and not look at it. But blessing is kind of a separation. And that was derived from my mother who always said everything happens for a reason, yeah. meaning that there is a higher reason. And so uh, introducing love into it makes it a blessing. And then ultimately it really is love. And we all, we all are expressing love at any given time in the form of how we learned it and based on how our experiences molded it. So we everything is indeed no. a blessing. Since 2002, we've been repeating on this show numerous times that the new blessing does not necessarily resemble the old blessing. Yeah, that's a whole sometimes other Sometimes it topic. does, sometimes it doesn't, but it doesn't have to resemble it because you live in an ongoing stream of blessings once you let yourself become aware of it, once you recognize that whatever this is, you authored it. Your signature was on that event. Okay, well, that's a lot of guts of for the average human being to take up. Okay, you know. they're, they're wanting you to look at your picture in just a minute. That's what I'm okay. signaling you about. Okay, all right, let's do that. And, um, and, and it really is, uh, you in a higher form is making these decisions and you don't mm. always see it. But here we go. This is a Dan Draper. Don Draper. Don Draper. Don? It is Don Dra Draper, right? Yes. It is. Okay, the point of this painting, it's uh, called The Mask of Don Draper. Uh, and uh, we are so shallow, we are so surface, we are so without any capacity to see anything that's right in front of us that when you see a suit, 
you don't see the person, you see the suit. Uh, you don't see the person, you see the uniform. You don't see the, the uh, you, you just don't see it for the way it's dressed. So this is a man who is wearing a very flimsy mask that is a shirt and tie and lapels, okay? Which, by the way, if you're looking for a Halloween costume and you have an old shirt and an old tie, just poke eye holes in the collar and walk up to the door like that and nobody will ever recognize you. Not because your face is hidden, but because of the tie, because of the shirt. You could wreck a jacket too while you're at it. Just have the hair sticking out of it. You know. because, because you don't see. You know, so what was he wearing? An Armani. What he looked like? An Armani. Right? Yeah, you got that. What's okay. so funny is you were shaking your hands and it was casting a shadow somehow behind you. We have yet to figure out. Yes. But it looked like Don Draper was talking. It kind of freaked me out for a minute. <laughs> Something Hello, right I'm there. Don Draper. I do this. Anyway. Yeah. What's so funny? anyhow, that, that was just posted on... Uh, is there another that we're... No, that, no just that? the one painting. Okay. Yeah, but that's very good. And yeah. it captured the essence of Don Draper, too. You know, just the way he holds himself and all that. It's yeah. very, very well done. Now, there's a whole language of blame, and one of the guy gigantic words in it is the word victim. And this is a real irony because there's no such thing as a victim because in order for there to be a victim, you would have to say, well, I gave up my free will completely while these people came and had their way with me. I'm just a victim and I have no spine and no will and no vision and no and no and no and it's just boring. Okay, the word victim, they, the cop shows now don't even pronounce victim. It's now the vic. Which <laughs> yeah, and it will eventually be v <laughs> and then v. Who's the v? Right? Yeah, you can see this. And why would you? At any rate, so the, the whole chain of command is broken with the word victim, okay? Because the person was not a victim. Everybody chooses everything that happens. Everybody chooses everything that happens so that they will steer their life in such a way that they will get whatever their incarnational contract was all about. Having spent an unbelievable number of years looking through time, looking, for pe looking through people's past lives in, in a row, you can see that what happens to them in any given life is, is a direct result of their, their learning curve, pardon the word learning, of their remembering curve. That's it, whatever is going on. Now, if you will just own it, if you will be okay with it, I am who I am, I'm doing what I'm doing, I have no issue with anyone or anything, and very little of this is worthy of my attention, it will be entirely possible for you to step up more than one grade, and to say the least. Mm. And at some point you might want to pull a card on Don. Don Draper, okay. Yeah, just because that's become our uh, custom here, which I like very much because I always find out something I huh. hadn't thought of. Well, I pulled the horse from my oh, spirit animal power. deck. And <clears throat> the horse is the power that we have and that we ride into dream time. So I think Don Draper is evidence of the power of our dream. And his dream, rather than his ambition, was to be a creative director in advertising. So maybe that's the new word we use, is what is our dream 
not what is our or yeah. what is our aspiration but in our dream but not what is our ambition yeah so our dream and following dreams rather than ambitions because dreams are a product of you and your own soul and uh, ambitions are a product of what other people want you to do and what you feel you owe other people and what you feel um, is something that you should quote unquote be getting out of your life or yeah. be failing. Ambition so is simply aspiration, <coughs> what it is you would love to create with your life. And if it's written in any other language other than, pardon me if I... Uh, no. Uh, I was if just saying any I other just word was using that as a your yeah. dream, any the power other word. of the dream rather than the power of the ambition. Mm -hmm. Yes, so very wonderful. And uh, for those that don't know, uh, at the duck, that signals when at you can duck. call in for a reading, and I would mm -hmm. be happy to do a reading for you mm -hmm. um, at that point. Or we don't, question. we haven't, we don't usually mention that, so a lot of you watching may not even know. But yeah, the duck, if you have after a the duck, which is going to be in just a few minutes. <laughs> <coughs> You're welcome to call in for a reading, or you can still call in for questions. It doesn't. Yeah, have to you be can that. call in any time during the show it. for questions. By the way. Yeah, we just put that there mm -hmm. um, so that it's not disjointed by having the readings go throughout the show. Mm -hmm. So anyway, excellent. Yeah. So <coughs> the idea is to take over your life. Take. Yeah, you Take can't really be out life. of control of it anyway. You can only be under the delusion that you're out of control of it. Yeah. Which is and great. You are and here we have the duck. Always in command. Always in command. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Okay. Uh, there is someone coming into your life that will be very significant to your growth. Be receptive. And I pulled that card earlier. <coughs> Everything in your life is there to further the plot of your story. Gaze upon your world with profound gratitude and joy. And this Excellent is the card. Mary's Magical Messages. And you can mm -hmm. see more on the website and you can play them. Uh, eventually I'll have them posted too along with my other decks. And you can go to maryfeelin.com also, um, uh, more commonly known as uh, the Holistic Detective Agency, and uh, you can play um, the cards on there as well. I have three decks up there, but only two on telepathic TV. Mm -hmm. Okay, so any calls? No more feeling powerlessness. Mm -hmm. Yes, so the black amethyst is so lovely. Mm -hmm. uh, brought. Uh, yeah, what did you Wrote bring? Wrote a crow fall. Mm -hmm. If we're scrambling to get a close-up here, can you hear the tension go up in the room? Anyway. There we go. Look, it's getting closer. That's good. Yes, it's looking back at you. It's out of focus, oh. though. This is a dream <coughs> sequence. You know how it gets Foggy, fuzzy. One in the control room screened. It looks See like how those a white dots? Oh, God, no, I've got to turn the other way then. All the white dots on it are the lights lighting the studio. Things are so backwards. It's so studio. easy to see when you move it so quickly. Yeah. <laughs> you noticed that, did you? <laughs> there we go. Rotocrosi is just so incredibly beautiful. It is just beautiful. Just as a stone. You can figure out enough. You, uh, it's like you know, lace, you know, like yeah. that pink lace. Yeah. And you can see the layers uh, that it was created yeah. out of. Yeah. 
colors are the particular minerals that were featured at that moment oh. in the creation. We have a call? Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, it's Lina. Oh, Lina. hi, Lina. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you all? Good uh, show today. Well, well thank, thank you. you. I am celebrating my 71st first birthday on all the right. 30th. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah, congrats. And, uh, I would love a birthday reading. There I you go. I would be most happy to do that for sure. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's see what we get here. The first card is warm bath. <laughs> okay. the, you know, this is um, so much about this time in life too, or any time, that contentment. I used to love, I found warm baths so comforting. To, to go there and it's like you you have that privacy it's warm and, and you're by yourself and and all that and I feel like it's a time of, of great awareness personal awareness and epiphany for you and being comfortable and not to settle for things that don't make you comfortable and I don't I'm not saying that you do I think we learn that over time but it's just reminding you not to even even if it's something that it feels like it takes a lot of energy to um, move around. It's, it's saying just make sure you're comfortable. The second card is new direction and it's talking about a fork in the road. But the beauty of all roads is they really do end up always in the right place. They might have different shades of color around everything. So you can't make a wrong decision but that there might be a decision point coming up for you. Maybe even a move and I, I don't know if you've even considered that but I was seeing that there might be a place that feels sort of, I know this might just be pulling something out of a hat kind of a feel, but I've never been to Myrtle Beach, but it feels like that kind of an environment, uh, that there might be a choice coming up. So just be open-minded to it. And then the moose is about, um, you know, having, having a, um, like the, the energy to keep keep doing what you love to do and I feel like these are projects or things that that you may have um, retired or put put into the background that may be coming up again and so you will have the energy to complete them now and it's like retiring things that aren't making any sense to you anymore and the things that still do bringing them up and, and reviving them again so Thank you, and happy birthday. We're very happy you were born, by the way. So thank yes. you. And we have another Things call. Things to look forward to. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hello, caller. Say hello. Hi there. This is Denise. How are you? Oh, hi. Denise. How are you? Good, good. I'm good. I'm good. You know, I'd love to have a reading, uh, Mary. Okay. I'd be most happy to. Okay, and this is, I just mixed the two decks together, the spirit animals and the inner wisdom, that's why. There's some from each. This is, card is talking about brilliance and reminding us that we are brilliant people and that uh, for you particularly, sometimes life will acknowledge certain aspects of us and we say, okay, yeah, I'm good at that, I know that. But what this is saying is don't go by what life has acknowledged in you. Start acknowledging some things yourself. And I feel that this is maybe in regards to your um, career path or what you love to do with your life, that there are some skills and talents that have been very apparent, but maybe they haven't been mirrored by other people. And so by you looking at them, they may come into the foreground. 
The moth is representative of our spirit guides that are around us all the time and the guidance that comes in many forms, license plates, for me that's how that works, and uh, or you might catch a part of a conversation that's saying something very pertinent to you right then. But to listen for this guidance and um, take it take it seriously, just as if a friend told you something, and take it inside and, and say, does that feel right to me? And then we also have the card messages from spirit. <clears throat> if you look at this as this person rising up out of the chimney and reaching a letter that's being sent from the, from the sky, from the heavens, is that there's someone in spirit and your spirit guides that are all around you right now. And maybe there are a big opportunity for shifts and growth. And I'm seeing, uh, I don't know if you have done anything in the healing profession, but I was seeing nurses' uniforms or something around you in the form of an opportunity. And it doesn't have to be traditional medicine. It could absolutely be um, holistic healing. But that there might be an opportunity for that coming up. So thank you. Yeah. We have another call. Uh, hi, caller. What's your name, please? Yolanda. Hi. Yolanda, what can we do for you? Hi, um, yes, and I can have a reading from Mary. Mm -hmm. This is sure. a reading. Sure. Hi, thank you. Thank you. Okay, I'm always practicing with quicker ways to deal cards since we're on the show. Um, so I did this one first. of those things that shoot it right into your hand. Yeah, <laughs> like a, yeah, that'd be funny like at the Las Vegas things that shoot him right in. Okay, the first card I got for you, I know, isn't he cute with his little hands? <laughs> the koala bear. That's as best as I could do drawing a koala bear with a computer mouse. At any rate, um, koala bears actually sleep 18 hours a day and they spend a lot of time resting. And so when the koala bear comes up, it can be talking about paying more attention to your dream time and those alternate realities in your dream time and get more sleep. And if you're having difficulty with that, it's time to re-examine things in your life because sometimes things will carry so much stress that it, it bumps some of your peaceful sleep time out, out, of, out of the picture. And so when you um, make the decision to have different priorities, uh, sleep time will get different. Also, pay attention to your dreams. Things are being shown you. Now, the turtle carries on its back a map of everywhere it has ever been. If you look at a turtle's shell, it has a lot of things that tell you about the age of the turtle, where it's been, uh, where it's from, lots of different things. And so it's important for you to look at the map of your life to see where it is you're going. And it's also important for us to leave the map of our life for those that follow us to either pick up or whatever. So maybe it's time to write down some things, some experiences you've had. The otter is about being more playful. The otter doesn't feel guilty. The otter swims around the water and it splashes and plays and it's okay and, and it brings joy to everybody. Sometimes when humans are like that, it seems that everybody gets uh, upset with you. Like, oh, how, why are you off having fun when I'm not having fun? But if you, if you resonate or uh, align with the energy of otter, then this playfulness will move through you and there'll be no guilt and everyone will just laugh with you. Enjoy. <laughs> and gleeful giggles. Mm -hmm. well, I was thank you. Thinking, uh, and we have time for one more call. Wait. <laughs> Hi, caller. What's your y -M -C -A. name, please? YMCA. <laughs> 
Hi, this is Katie from California. Hi, Mary. Katie. Hi, Neville. Oh, hi. Hi. I got it. Yes. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Rick was uh, I acting. I haven't talked to you guys since I had my third baby, but I he's one now. I know. Wow. I'm so happy. They're Thank lovely. You, I too. see them on Facebook, and they're adorable. <laughs> it's so good to hear your voice. I have to admit they are. <laughs> <laughs> I would love a reading. I've just obviously gotten to the past of having all my children and now my dreams have come true and I'm moving forward um, and facing some challenges and I just love any insight that you can Okay. Offer. All right, let's see what we got. The first card, well, it's an open door and I often use the um, matrix things. We've taken you to the door, now it's your choice to go through it kind of thing. Uh, and it's a door to consciousness or illumination. And so what this is saying is that you're right, there are a lot of opportunities, big, big changes, or big, not, not so much big changes like the way we think of it, but the opportunity for big changes. And I feel this is connected to financial things, that you're going to have more uh, resources coming to you, and that you might even think about something to do on the internet and I, I, I know we've only got a few minutes so I'll get to the rest of the cards but it's something that might be very beneficial to you that you could sell um, and all that. The second card is Osprey and Ospreys are very interesting animal or birds because they mate for life and they're very monogamous and they both raise the children, the young, but then in the winter the males and the females fly off together in, in different directions so the all winter um, the females will be together and then they come back together with their mates in the, in the spring again. So it's time for friend time really opening up and of course we love our kids and it's like the greatest blessing and everything but don't forget the you time, the you as the individual because that ultimately does help. Now the hawk is bringing messages from spirit for you and I believe um, that is um, uh, Zachary. Zachary, right? Zachary? Yeah, yeah exactly. Zachary from spirit and he his energy his spirit is right there in the family with you and it just feels so complete to me like everything is all together now and so things will start putting themselves together and that the the things that came before when it felt incomplete uh, it left a lot of things in life scattered that are now being pulled together so I think um, you're gonna see a lot of big shifts forward for you Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you, thank guys. You. So oh, good to welcome. hear from you. Thanks yeah. for calling. Yeah, thank you. We love your call. Do call back. We have um, on the show been talking about the idea that everything is in the form of a spiral mm -hmm. and that you have command over the spiral and it's very easy to reverse the spiral. All you have to do is make the decision, which I did about myself because I had been for a long time growing older and then I thought, yeah, I'll grow younger for a while. Which I That's actually, a great decision. I actually did. I took, quit sugar and took up yoga to bed and rights. Yeah, but I'm just saying this is all within our purview. This, the entire creation of our life is our choice and free will from one way. You know, you, nobody ever died unwillingly. That's never happened. You know, everybody makes the decision. Well, time's up. Okay, good. And having been on the other side, that's a great reason to celebrate. And that's a whole other philosophy we could go into. And the other thing is the blame is such a subtle thing we don't understand it. As soon as we language anything as bigger than us, as challenging or as uh, whatever word that might be, but languaging it as bigger, uh, 
<laughs> we have given up our power. We have given up our we're authority. We're getting to wrap it up. I think we're getting to I know, I saw, okay. yeah. Okay, so we're about to be at Ruby Tuesdays. Roll the R, Ruby Tuesdays. You're invited to come. It was our joy and honor to take you to the door, too. Yeah, and you're going to go through it. Quit fooling around. And Otter so says, come play. Yeah. Come play with us at Ruby Tuesday. Join we'll us next week. Shortly. We're going to be talking about superstition and fear. It's going to be very valuable for us. Okay. All. Thank you.